The Fringe, only on Late Nights on K-Talk. Okay, now, how often have you thought to yourself that it would be nice to get away from it all, uh, to spend some time in quiet contemplation away from the rat race, uh, somewhere perhaps you can get a proper night's rest away from the day-to-day stresses of life? Well, uh, have you ever considered a silent retreat? Uh, If you haven't, uh, and even if you have, uh, then my next guest could be just the person uh, that you need to speak to. Uh, She is a life coach, uh, Greta Kronje, from the Abrams Kral retreat uh, which holds silent retreats hmm i want to know more this sounds right up my alley uh, greta welcome to late nights thanks so much for joining us thank you it's nice to be here so tell me a silent retreat is it sort of what it says on the tin or is there more to it than that yeah so basically a silent retreat means that there will be silence um, which in today's life is quite difficult to find um, even if you go and walk in nature somewhere, you always have either your phone with you or people will be chatting to you. So the the main purpose of a silent retreat is to create a space for silence. Um, and silence means, when we talk about silence, we speak about noble silence. So it means that you will not speak to anybody who are with you on the retreat. Um, usually we take away the cell phones and lock them away. And um, so there will be no distractions. And um, for that period of time, you will just be able to be with yourself and start to hear your inner voice again, which is difficult um, in the busyness of everyday life. And how long are silent retreats? I mean, is it a couple of days? Is it a week? Does it vary? It varies. You get retreats that's only like a day. Mm. Um, and that's usually also easy for people who have never done any, um, anything that is um, like a silent retreat. So that might be something from 9 o'clock till 4 p.m. We just have silence for the day. Or you get retreats for three days, um, four days. You get seven days, um, 10 days retreats. Um, there are even 50 days and longer. 30 but that, days. Those are not, yeah, but those are not the ones that we uh, facilitate. <laughs> I've only been on a 10-day one. That was the longest I've ever been on. So if somebody's listening in now and they think, you know what, I could I could actually do with that, just just getting away from it all, uh, putting my, my phone in, in a locked cupboard somewhere, but they haven't done anything like this before, would you suggest that they start with a day or, or a three-day one? Yes, I would say a three-day. You mm. can start with a three-day. Um uh, yeah, usually three day is more or less you start like the Friday afternoon and you will break the silence again by the Sunday at around lunchtime. So it's more like it's over three days, but it's not, it's more like two school days if you count all the hours together. So I would say, and that's why we've got the option of a three day as well. Um, yeah, three days should be um, fine. It's actually good to stretch yourself a bit. So when people come into the retreat, uh, is it a case that the minute they walk over the threshold, then there's silence or do you kind of settle in and, and get everyone in and then say, right, OK, as of this time, silence, please? How does it work? Yeah, so it depends on, there are different silent retreats out there and it obviously depends on the facilitator. So what I like to do, because I'm a coach in um, as, my, as my job, I like to first have a conversation with every person individually before the retreat, just to check in what is the purpose, what do they want to get out of it. And um, then after I have that conversation individually, then the whole group will also later get together 
and just introduce themselves, ask any questions. We will talk about the basic layout um, and the purpose of it as well. So there will definitely be a space where people can just meet and greet, um, familiarize themselves um, with their surroundings. And then there's a, usually you go into silence um, through a meditation together. And during the period uh, that, that people are there and, and that the silence is, is happening, what, what's the idea? Is it that you, you do nothing? Uh, can you take uh, a book to read? Uh, is it about being mindful and being in, in meditation? What, what's the deal with that? Okay, so this again, um, it depends on the types of retreats that you go to. So some silent retreats will just focus on learning a specific meditation technique. Others would be combining it with yoga. Others will be very strict and say no books, no journaling, nothing, no distractions. The ones that we facilitate, we feel like we just want to get that that person that has never been on a silent retreat an opportunity to come and explore it. So we're not going to make it too hardcore. So you can um, bring a book along if you want to distract yourself um, but um, usually it would be definitely to learn a bit of meditation and also there will be spots to be mindful some um, we will do some guided mindful walking um, there's also places where you can color in mindful coloring in so the main purpose is to find during the day uh, a focal point where you can focus your your attention on so that your mind don't wander as much as it usually does. This sounds right up my alley. This sounds absolutely perfect. Uh, if you are just joining us uh, this morning, my guest is life coach Greta Kronje from uh, Abrams Kral Retreat. Uh, and we're talking about silent retreats. How does that sound to you? Uh, maybe you've thought that you would quite like to get away from it all, spend some time away from the rat race in quiet contemplation. Uh, you know, just a- around other people, but but just in silence. So, so tell me, how do you communicate then? Because there will be, you'll have to communicate in in some way, surely. And that's the interesting part. That's what one thinks you have to. But if the rules are out there, and um, we will usually um, have any type of communication printed out and put on either a wall or notification board. We will tell people if um, you can just make sure that you walk past the notification board and there will be more information. We try and ask people not even to make eye contact with others. (gasps) Because the minute we make eye contact or that body language, it immediately takes us out of our own space. Hmm. And we again think, oh, why didn't she look at me? Or why did he look at me? Or why did she frown? So then again, that's the whole chatting conversation um, starts happening again. And the purpose is actually to say, listen, this is not about anybody else, but actually just about you and just being with me and seeing what comes up. Um, and how does it feel to not have a uh, feel that I have to look at someone? So what is all these assumptions that I run my daily life with? And that's the way that you can only become aware of your habits if you stop doing them. You mentioned there about what is coming up or or what's coming up for for Mm. a person. Do you ever find that people who come to the silent retreat get emotional? Yes, emotions can definitely come up, especially because we are so busy and we sometimes use things to to keep uh, to avoid facing some of our own problems 
So that is why there's always a facilitator, and that's why I'm trained. Um, I've trained in psychology, and I'm also a coach. So if emotions comes up and it feels too much for the person to sit with, then they can. Um, there's a room where they can knock on the door, and they can have. Then they can have a conversation mm. individually with the person. So it's not like we want the person to say to sit with their emotions and feel that they can't. They don't know how to deal with it. Um, it. The idea is to see, to first just become aware of what is the emotions that comes up. See if you can sit with it a bit and what's the storyline behind it. So to become a bit curious about it. And if you then do find it's, it's weighing you down too much, that you can't really move, move ahead or move past it, then we invite you to definitely come and speak to your facilitator at the retreat. What what I find interesting about this, and and this is this is something in my experience. But so eleven years ago, I went into uh, went into rehab, and while we were in there, we would hold, you know, there would be different groups held by by the therapists, uh, and we would all sit there, and and for the majority of us, you know, we were coming off at drugs and alcohol and various other things, and and we would hold these groups, and it was a safe space that was created by the therapists, and. Oftentimes, it, it, the idea was that you said something when you had something to say. And there was no pressure on saying anything. But, but very often, there would be times in the group where there would be silence. And the one thing that I noticed was when, when people first came into the, into the treatment center uh, and there would be this silence, that person, if they were new to the center, would say something, even if it wasn't really saying anything. And it was just mm. that the idea of they couldn't bear the silence. Uh, they couldn't bear to sit with themselves. Uh, and, you know, and, and sort of 11 years later, after being in a journey of recovery for 11 years now, and, and I, you know, go to, go to sort of meetings and whatnot. One of the things that I find incredibly powerful, in fact, is when we sit in a meeting and if no one's got anything to share, no one shares, but you sit in that silence and I find it incredibly healing and powerful. Exactly, yes. I, I must say I also find silence very healing and nurturing, but it, but it takes, it's not like that from the beginning. No, for because sure. Because we're not used to silence. Mm. We're used to switching on the television or talking or getting distracted. Um, and then once you become more aware of if you can move past the discomfort that it creates within you, then you start to realize we actually talk a bit too much mm. unnecessarily. We don't always add value with the words that we bring into the silence. Mm. Mm. No, I think I think that's uh, I think that's really true, and I think it's it's fascinating. Do you find? I mean, as you said, we are we are almost overstimulated uh, in this day and age. Mm. Where if you haven't got a mobile in your hand, you've got a laptop, an iPad, a pilot, or something. A, you know, th- there's always something. There's always noise, isn't there? And we yeah. do live in such a in such a busy environment. Uh, even if it's you know getting in the car, you're getting out the car, the kids to school, this, that, and the other. Do you find that some people struggle initially with with being silent in that way? I mean, do you ever have to sort of say, uh, 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 shh? <laughs> yes, people do struggle. People do struggle. So it's, from the, uh, it's very important from the beginning to, that's why I have the conversation with the person beforehand, to really um, cl- um, kind of make sure that they do understand what it really means and what it will bring up for them mm. and how committed they are to, to work with that because it's, it's an habit. You check your phone the whole time. Is there a ping? Is there not a ping? But then it's also later on, if you can move past that, you realize, um, again, that whole thing of how, how much value does it really add or is it just a habit 
that I've learned. It's a new practice that, I, that becomes so habitual. Um, now, if I, if I don't check my phone, I don't know really what to do. But there were years when there were times, some people can still remember when they weren't cell phones. Mm. Mm. I'm just uh, having a look through the uh, the details of the particular retreats that you hold, and I see that uh, there's, as you said, there's yoga, there's Reiki, uh, walking uh, walking meditations, and massage. Why do these activities lend themselves so well to a retreat like this? So what we wanted to do is um, we want to bring the whole thing of body and mind connection. Um, it's so important it, when it's, it's sometimes difficult to clear the mind um, if we don't, if we aren't able to connect with the body. And doing yoga is a very good technique to to calm the nervous system of the body, and that helps to settle the mind as well. Mm. Mm. So that's part of the reason for the yoga. And then with the yoga, there's always breathing, and it's again yoga, so it's slow movement. Um, the massage and the Reiki, that's optional. People can choose if they want to. Sometimes it is, it is really valuable for people nurturing, um, because we want to create a nurturing environment. Um, some people like, like to be touched in, in a, in a way that is, um, nurturing for the body. So that is why we brought in elements of massage and Reiki. We seem to overlook the importance of taking care of our bodies. In, in that way, that can also assist us in creating a calm mind. We think it's just about always um, stopping the chatter. Mm. Um, it's also about how can I calm the nervous system because that, in a way, plays into how busy we are or the emotions that actually comes up. It actually it starts at a physical level. We're just not aware of it. Unconsciously, it's either a sensation of avoidance um, something that you don't like or, for, or a sensation of craving that starts in the body mm. and then it directs our behavior. I want to talk about sleep, Greta, because really? presumably there, there may be a temptation uh, for people to just sleep their way through uh, the few days. Presumably mm. that's not encouraged. Yes, it's not encouraged. Um, ideally, we don't want to because sleep is also then a way of of just avoiding the whole mm. thing. If you feel like you're so tired and you just want to sleep in, that it's rather like putting leave and put yourself in a guest house somewhere and sleep. Mm. Um, the idea here is not that you will sleep. Um, the idea is if you are tired, then see what else can you do, but not that you have to do some, it's like more like can you color in maybe a bit? Mm. Or can you just sit and notice what happens to you? And what are your thoughts now? Or just, um, it's such a beautiful place, Abram Scroll. Um, go outside and go for a stroll outside on the farm. Um, yeah, so that's why we don't really encourage sleep, um, sleep, because that's another avoidance technique, yeah, that we use. Gresha, it's been fascinating speaking to you. This uh, genuinely is my idea of absolute heaven. Uh, having gone from somebody, you know, b about 12 years ago who actually couldn't stand their own company, who didn't want to, you know, the last thing I would want to do is sit in silence. I now, whenever I can, sort of take myself off, if I can, normally actually to, to the Karoo uh, and, and, you know, and rent a little cottage uh, and I just go for it. And, it. and I don't speak to another person for, for three, four, five days. And it's 
absolute bliss. I switched the phone off. So this this retreat sounds right up my alley. If people are listening in and they want to get in touch with you uh, and maybe book a retreat, how do they do that? The best will be to contact Hesti Furi. Mm-hmm. She's the lady at Abram Scroll Guest Farm. Um, and I can give you a cell phone number Wonderful. and an email address. Mm, please. Okay, so it's Hesti Furi. And the cell phone number is 082-649-4235. So it's 082-649-4235. And the email address is info at abramskroll.co.za Wonderful stuff. I'm fairly sure that you'll be seeing me before the year is out, Greta. Uh, this really does sound uh, absolutely fantastic. Thanks so much for joining us this evening. Oh, it's only a pleasure. Thank you for having me.